saying here is that we need to have foundational, basic desires, aspirations, and ambitions that lead us in the direction of obedience to the commands of the Lord, not only with regard to life in the church, but with regard to life in the world. What could be more important than living the way the Word of God calls us to live? And if that's important, then that ought to be our ambition. It ought to be our desire. Ambition in itself is not a bad thing, only when it's self-seeking. All right, thanks, John, and thanks for listening today. If you're looking for more in-depth teaching from First Thessalonians, visit MacArthurCommentaries.com. WTRJ, Orange Park, Jacksonville. WAYL, St. Augustine. WATY, Folkston, Georgia. Online at ilovethetruth.com. You know, it's true. Difficult times have a way of focusing us. We have to think about what matters most when it comes to our spending, our health care. This is why so many people are joining MediShare right now. MediShare is a trusted way to save up to 50% on your monthly health care costs. More than 400,000 people have already made the switch. It's pretty obvious why, too, especially now during this challenging season with health care costs and out-of-pocket expenses going up. MediShare can save you a lot of money. The typical family saves $500 a month. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. There are different options to choose from to fit your budget. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Maybe now is the perfect time to make the switch and start saving. Here you go. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Zero. All engines running. Commit liftoff. Hey, welcome to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary of His Light Ministries, and that's the beauty of live radio. When that light's on, we're on the air. Jeremy caught me off guard there a little I'm, bit. I'm, I'm trying to figure out if I have a microphone. Well, this is kind of weird because usually on Thursdays it's either me or Brad, but not me and Brad. Yeah, exactly. Hey, but back in the day, we, we we almost always did Thursdays. Well, today. yeah, we did, but but uh, this is uh, a really close friend of yours. You've known him for a long. In fact, you've been trying <laughs> to get me to get him on here for a while, and so we've we got him on here today, and he is the pastor of First Baptist in Fernandina Beach, Pastor Zach Terry. And um, I'm glad, uh, Zach, you can join us today. Well, thank you for having me. Brad's talked about it for a while. <laughs> I didn't know if he was really asking you about it or if that was oh, just no, kind of... No. Are you kidding me? Oh, you I'm thought like, he was sure, kind of blowing smoke at yeah, you? Well, sure, I think Brad. I was telling Doug, I don't know if I told you this. I was telling somebody this week, Zach, because somebody, uh, you know, I'm getting old. So I don't remember everything. Yep. Who asked me what? I what I, I feel your pain. And, and the problem is I have to remember what I told people because, you know, those yep. things. <laughs> well, Brad, Brad and I just came from the, uh, um, we were at the uh, Christian Chamber of Commerce, uh, uh, North Florida. Yes. A Christian Chamber of Commerce uh, meeting. Dr. Moeller spoke, which I think you know of, right? You yeah. Know, have a little He's bit of fishing buddy. Yeah, you have <laughs> a little bit of a acquaintance with him. But anyway, we were down there and uh, got to sit and talk with him and, you know, a, a guy who has been involved as long as he has and has endured as much as he had. It's just fascinating to listen to him 
share and get perspective on things and yeah. and you know we brad and i like i was in a coat brad they asked me to close in prayer so i had to wear a coat and tie <laughs> which did, this is my normal him. attire brad will tell you right i did not tell him he needed to he asked me and i wasn't even sure what i was going to wear yeah. but well you know you it's just dr moeller if you're going to be with dr moeller you, you, you gotta, you gotta w- step it up you, you oh do. yeah you yeah. do He's and he and you know what he eyes. said today uh, he said why good. i thought it was really good he said you know if you wear a coat and tie you can pretty much walk into anywhere you want and people look at you like wow okay this guy has a right to be here unless it's the beach and then well, that's weird yeah then weird. yeah you're yeah. right zach it would be weird <laughs> well you know it's funny because afterwards you know he is he's come spoke here a couple of times he was on the radio and you know when you first uh, meet him he's got that kind of what it, it, i don't want to say it's a celebrity or but it is because he's we're very well known within the christian community and you know i was just thinking about something you shared um about meeting one of your uh heroes of the faith or somebody you you were at conference with uh, tim keller right and it, it's a great story <laughs> Because when you met him, you thought everything went well. Why don't you share that little so meeting? It, it was kind <laughs> of a running I don't think joke. I've heard this one. You, oh, you haven't heard no. it? So, oh, it's and good. I could tell a dozen of these. Literally, like we've had the opportunity just through life to be around and encounter some of our heroes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So we, you know, Dr. Keller. I'd learned by that point with Dr. Keller, um, that it typically doesn't go well for me. <laughs> You know, when, when I connect with these guys, it's normally not a good experience. And so when, when we saw can Dr. We come Keller. Back and, can we come back to that and figure out what you, you know, what's the formula? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm the common denominator. <laughs> yeah. but, um, but typically it wasn't a good experience with him. Um, we were around him at this conference and, and I told my wife, I'm not going to say anything because it doesn't go well. Normally, I say something stupid, you know. Yeah, yeah. you're just kind of overcome yeah. with the fact that you're around somebody who's done a lot. A lot. Of, you know, I respect these guys, <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, every your your brain just doesn't work in sync with your mouth sometimes. And so, <laughs> kind of so, like Peter with Jesus, yeah. right? <laughs> so we were we got on an elevator. Dr. Keller was there, and I, I I broke my rule, and I looked at him and I said, Dr. Keller, this has been a great conference. Thank you for doing it. He said, Well, thank you very much. And I thought, well, that that wasn't so bad. That was pretty good. And I got excited. The elevator opened. I went out, took a hard left, and ran right into the wall. <laughs> but that's not the best part. And right? then I wait, heard, wait. As, the, as Julie got off and the elevator closed, I heard him go, oh. <laughs> and that was the last thing I yeah. heard from Dr. Keller and that's ever. The, and that's the last memory Dr. Keller has of Zach Terry. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's... He probably didn't get as big a kick out of it as I did, but yeah, I've got some mileage out of that story. Yeah, that's 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 that's, that's what we call a humbler, right? Oh, totally, totally. <laughs> I've had a few of those. Brad, you ever had any of those? Oh man, I have them regularly. Yeah, yeah, with my wife actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of those. Well, Zach Terry is the pastor, like I said, up at uh, Fernandina First Baptist Fernandina, and uh, he has a master's from Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Um, and uh, Dr. Moeller was there then, right? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're st- I'm still a student this. working on my doctorate. He's been there yeah. 30 years. He's been there a long He's time. been uh, the, the longest-serving entity head in the Southern Baptist Convention. That's amazing. Of all time. Okay, and you got the John Knox Press Award. What is the Press Award? 
Uh, it was a thing about preaching. It, it was they give it to to student preachers, and it it was just a thing that uh, somebody left some money to the school to do this, and you get like seven liberal books and they send you home. <laughs> Literally, when they when they awarded it to me, they said, "Hey, this is the award. Don't read any of these." But um, congratulations. <laughs> well, and uh, you do a podcast still, right? Called Maximum Life. Yeah, we're Life. on this station actually, seven thirty every morning, and. Uh, maximum life radio and then the, it's the podcast is just the the digital version of that's radio. what well that's, that's we kind of like swat yeah. radio and yeah. Yeah, yeah so every morning 7 30 monday right. through friday right yeah and it's all over florida uh, and and a lot of the south at this point and we we were talking about going national earlier that we're kind of in that same boat looking at what we're going to do there and it just gets um, a little pricey doesn't it, it when does. you get- <laughs> yeah but i you know i came to christ through radio i don't know if i've told you that but no. um it had a big impact on my life and so it's something we've always been interested in well you know when we first started uh um over six years ago seven years ago yeah, uh, seven. Uh, <clears throat> the um the the thought i had was radio is dying mm-hmm. and podcasts are going to be the future youtube you know those kind of things but I'm amazed at the number of people like we got people listening in Virginia, Mississippi through the streaming online, but on the air, they just get in their car and they turn it on as they're going home. And I was just flipping through the radio and heard you guys on and decided to listen. Happens all the time. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. We, we have every Sunday, somebody, a new family from uh, the area shows up at church through radio, you know, and as long as it's working, we're going to keep working it. You know? Yeah. Well, well, it is a great platform. The best thing about radio is for them to cancel you. They got to cancel the whole thing. They can't just come in and go, we don't like you talking about this and censor you like they right. can on YouTube or some of the other places that are out there. Well, we're so glad you joined us today and uh, are here. I, I, I want to talk to you about Israel because that's something very, you know, a passionate for me. And I know you, you've been over there and you were over there when October 7th happened. So we'll, we'll get to that, but talk a little bit about Zach Terry growing up. What was, you grew up in Alabama, not far from some, we got two stations in Meridian, uh, Mississippi, oh, cool. uh, over there, WMER and WMOX. So we got some, uh, Alabama, Mississippi people right. listening there. What was life for you like growing up spiritually? You know, we grew up uh, in the Appalachian foothills, and it was mountain preachers, so um, a lot of, you know, they yell at you, the scriptures. No snakes, though, right? No snakes. <laughs> we were we were a notch ahead of the snake handlers, literally. We had good music yeah. and, and uh, real passionate preaching, and, you know, Dad came to Christ when I was a little boy, saw his life change. Uh, he had me in church every opportunity, and... You know, but never, for whatever reason, it never really clicked with me and grew up in that environment. Um, we had a very musical family, had every intention of going uh, into the entertainment industry mm-hmm. in Nashville and was going to college for that when I when I met Jesus. Were, were you a guitar player? Yeah, um, really, really kind of saw myself more in the business side of things, uh-huh. but um, played, performed, wrote music, produced all that stuff. Um, and had the intention. I had an uncle who was in that industry, and uh-huh. so we had some open doors up there. And so that was the that was the game plan. And literally heard Charles Stanley on the radio, 
and I thought it was the news because it wasn't. If I if I knew it was a preacher, I would turn to me it. Now. <clears throat> yeah, and, and if I knew it was a preacher, I would have turned the station. I had no desire to hear a preacher at seven o'clock in the morning, and but again, preachers yelled and screamed where I was from, and he was just talking. So I stopped and listened to it, and he he preached Jesus. Um, God made him who knew no sin to become sin on our account, that through him we might know the righteousness of God. And it it um I remember thinking. Man, I'm a Christian, but I don't remember Jesus being a big part of it, mm-hmm. which that was telling yeah. in retrospect. But I uh, went home, got my Bible out, found that verse in my little King James Bible. It was in mine, too. And then, you know, over the next three weeks, I dropped every class I had and listened to radio preachers from 7 o'clock to 1130. Wow. And came to Christ through that process. And that whole semester was a big discipleship Through the journey. preaching of the word, right? And yeah. We had, um, you know, Stanley, Dr. Rogers, Chuck Swindoll came on at 1130. And I would always be in Hardy's parking lot <laughs> eating a roast beef sandwich. <laughs> and to this day, no joke, when I hear his voice, you I crave <laughs> roast cra- beef. <laughs> That's um, funny. You know, it's interesting, Zach, because uh, Doug and I have had conversations over the years. We've known each other over 20 years. And we talk about the fact of, of those those voices over the years. I mean, for me, same thing. Swindoll, yeah. Stanley, Tony Evans. You just kind of go down right. the list of R.C. Sproul, mm. you know, that really shaped so much of our biblical worldview and how we it did. We, and thank God, you know, I, I don't know who to give credit to between the radio stations and, and you know, just good, solid Bible teaching. Yeah. But thank God that, I mean, it could have been anybody. But but those were the people who were there, and they really shaped my theology and my passions and, you know. Well, you know, uh, I was in the military when I got exposed to Charles Stanley. I, I didn't, I grew up, like I said, in Meridian, and we had the hellfire and brimstone preachers, Same. the evangelists that would come through and, and it was all about the salvation experience. But when I heard Stanley, there, I told my wife, we've all we've both said this, Lori and I, because we used to listen to him every Sunday night is when we would watch him. Or the same thing you would listen to, we would mm-hmm. watch. There was something calming and very just uh, intentional about his voice that as you listen to him teach, you go, wow. Okay, I'm, a, I'm, I'm understanding. He's teaching me the word, but it's, I don't feel yelled at. I know. And yeah, I, it was interesting. Totally. And, you know, you know I, and I thank God for those men that preached growing up, too. Um, that God used them in a different way, and it worked for my dad. But um, It worked for a lot of people. It did. It did. And But, yeah, there was something about the saturation of truth that those men had that just drew me in. And it does to this day. I can't get enough of it. Yeah, and I, you know, and and I think Swindoll would be a common denominator. And and then when we were uh, in the Marine Corps, we had a issue with a church that came up, and somebody gave us a tape by John MacArthur. We never heard of this guy from California. We started listening to him, and we're like, it, it was like to me a whole new level. Like it was, I, yeah. I had never heard anybody break down scripture verse by verse, and you're going, whoa, <laughs> there, yeah. there's it's not just about it's not just about, um, you know, knowing about the cross. That's part of it. But there's so much there instructionally that we we didn't get. Right. And, and, and you can comprehend it. 
you know, you, you don't have to be a seminarian in order to comprehend truth. That's right. And, you know, there, he had a gift in particular of teaching that was just phenomenal that yeah. could help, you know, bring it down on a level that we could digest and apply and yeah. um, thank God for those guys. Yeah. And I, I, well, Swindoll had this amazing gift too. He still does, you know, he's mm-hmm. still preaching, right? which yeah. is amazing. Uh, we went to his church out there for a while when we were in Texas and to hear him every week and you'd go up after the service and he's as jovial in person as he is on the air. And that's what I think when you hear him, you hear his, his joy yeah. coming through that teaching, right? right? He's uh, having fun. Yeah. Not, nothing like a swindle laugh either, yeah. you know? Yeah. Hey, Hey Jeremy, go out and get him an Arby's real quick. All right. No, <laughs> joking. No. So anyway, so, so you grew up, God got your attention then in college, right? I mean, right. so where, where'd you go to school? I was at the University of North Alabama. UNA, yeah. Yeah, so I, I was planning to go to Nashville to Belmont, and it turned out they took those SATs very seriously. Is it the Trojans? Is it the Trojans? <laughs> I don't know. You don't even remember uh, the— Oh, the, you mean at UNA? Yeah, yeah. No, you, we were the Lions. The Lions, yeah. the UNA Lions, North so, Alabama. Yeah, so came back there, came to Christ, uh, was called in the ministry about a year later, started doing evangelism for nine years, and met my wife got married all in the same church. Did, did you go from uh, college there to up to Louisville? Or no, there was a gap. Uh, we had we were very busy on the road, constantly traveling and preaching. Just doing itinerant, like yeah. by faith, you weren't with an organization no, or anything? Uh, back then, you know, churches had a spring and a fall revival, youth camps in the summer, youth camp right after Christmas. So just that, that kind of rhythm kept us preaching constantly you were a circuit rider man yeah pretty and much. it was fun i loved it i loved every minute of it that's awesome you know and you'd go in you'd have to adapt to the crowd really quick and it was a blast had a had the time of my life doing it but i i grew more uh frustrated over time because what what we would do to reach people and to to get the lost people there um the churches would undo the next week so <laughs> I, I, MacArthur, as a matter of fact, I heard him say one time, he said, if I were not a pastor, I would probably be a pastor's nightmare, you know, because you see these things that have to be changed. And so um, I realized that for a long-term uh, ministry that uh, uh, the pastorate would probably suit me well and that that was the gift mix God had given me. And so uh, somewhere along the way, nine years into it, we made the transition up to Kentucky and you went up to Louisville right. up, up there and uh, got your uh, your d- divinity degree and then you went back to Alabama is that right or yeah we so I pastored through seminary um, was it just south of Lexington Kentucky and then uh, as soon as we uh, finished up there uh, my dad was in real bad health and just you know started looking for opportunities back there and God opened the door so I was back in Alabama for nine years after that. Okay. And uh, how did you get to Florida? So dad passed away eight years ago. And my mother's very independent. And one day she walked in. They, we'd moved them in with us to take care of dad. Mom walked in and just said, uh, how would you feel about me moving out? And I said, well, that's, there's no sense in it, but you're a grown woman. If you want to do it, do what you want to do. She said, well, I made an offer on a home. Okay, well, <laughs> I guess that's that. And so she moved out. Um, we kind of reevaluated where we were at, you know, uh, in life. And we said, well, what were we doing before all of this, taking care of dad? 
And and the the long term plan was always to go to the coast. We since we, we went to Destin on our honeymoon. We were talking about that earlier, mm-hmm. and and we sincerely had a moment there where we said, "This is kind of what we're cut out for." It. I guess everybody does, but we think ours. How can was you real. not be cut out of it? You know, <laughs> when you're there, right? We're, we're Fourth of July watching <laughs> the fireworks, and we just had that moment of this is where we're supposed to be. Mm. You know, and so we we started looking for churches on the coast of Florida. And there was one in Sarasota and one here. Uh, we applied to both of them. Both uh, invited us uh, to come in view of a call. So we made it to the last you know, part before the vote. And they, they basically, the, the church here said, look, you got to pick a team, you know, buy, pick a church. And we said, you know, this, this seems like home. Jacksonville, Bernardina, feels like where we grew up at. We get the people, we get the community. Uh, we feel like we can make disciples here better than we could there. So we we came here uh, almost seven years ago, and it became home very quickly. That's awesome. So. That's all, well, well, we're certainly uh, glad that you are here, and um, you were, uh, you're doing good things out there because I hear through Brad, he kind of updates me <laughs> on what you, you've been doing. And so talk a little bit about your view of discipleship. I mean, we talk a lot that one of the reasons we exist as a platform is to try to encourage that. Uh, have, has, have you seen that as a problem with the American church? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, um, it, it's always, it's the most simple thing that the church is called to do, and we can so overcomplicate it at the same time. Um, you know, somebody asked, might have been Brad, asked one day, you know, who are your men? Who are the men that you're pouring into? And that really challenged me. I began to meet uh, with a couple of our staff on a weekly basis just to kind of help train them and uh, talk to them about their their marriage and their walk with Christ and different things. Um, we, we built a, a group of guys beyond that just to invest in. Julie and I began to um, identify couples that we thought the Lord was raising up as potential leaders of the church and brought them into our home and just had a, a, a time to invest in them and teach, teach them some basic leadership stuff. Um, and then she is the most natural disciple maker of, of, our, of our family, um, and she brought – I think there were seven ladies that she brought around her that were very different from one another and just started uh, kind of wrote the curriculum and just taught them basic. Here's how to have your quiet time. Here's how to memorize and meditate on scripture. Here's how to share your faith. And they went through a journey together. And to this day, one of them just became the the magistrate over in Nassau County. Really? And we were there for to pray for a swearing-in ceremony. It was really cool. Isn't that cool? Yeah, but that was Julie's disciple, yeah. you know? So I'm hoping if I get a speeding ticket, she can help me out, you know? But um, <laughs> that's funny. It's, it's awesome what, what God's doing. No, right. that's good. Well, you know, one of the, the guys that really impacted me discipleship-wise, there were, there were several. Um, and, and they all went about it a little differently, but the one who did it in the context of church that I've seen really, I haven't witnessed anybody who's done it as effectively as him as Tommy Nelson oh, yeah. out in Dallas, Texas. And Tommy, um, had a thing called young guns that mm-hmm. he would take these guys and train them, but you see it. And, and the point I'm getting to is <clears throat> If the pastor's not doing it, the church isn't going to do it. Certainly, yeah. right. 
Yeah, I had a guy took me under his wing in my first church, or when I was a church member, and he, you know, I'm in college, and you, and I had college <clears throat> student problems, <laughs> and you know what, all the typical yeah, things yeah, a young yeah. guy's yeah. wrestling with. So I wanted to go in there and get those thing things fixed, <laughs> and he said, "Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to show you how to have a quiet time. I'm going to show you how to memorize and meditate on Scripture, and I'm going to show you how to share your faith." Mm-hmm. He said, "Let's do that, and when we get." to a place that you trust me and I trust you and you're beginning to live out that stuff. If you're still around, we'll get to the other stuff. <laughs> well, when I was doing those three things, a lot of the other stuff went away. Isn't that the truth though? You know? Yeah. But see, that's the issue is I think so often we focus on symptoms of the issue instead of the real issue. So true. And, and so what you said, and I, I want to reiterate it. If you're listening out there is it's not complicated. You spend time, you know, we call it quiet time, but it's time with God right. in his word. Uh, like Brad would say, getting his word going through you every day. And then, and it's spending time. Um, what, with the, what was the second thing you said? You said memorizing, uh, memorizing, yeah. m- memorizing and meditating. I've actually encountered guys uh, who said, well, meditation's evil meditation because in their minds they hear meditation they think hinduism they mm-hmm, think mm-hmm. that but in the bible you read about people meditating on yeah, god's word and, and it's different it's it's not it's not what the hindus mean when they say that <laughs> no um but it's 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 not emptying your mind it's filling it yeah. and and taking you know the, the the illustration that my pastor always used was like a cow chewing its cud mm-hmm. you heard this yeah a lot you know yeah. so you 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 chew in the morning you, you you graze you get the verse you hide it in your heart it comes up through the day and you chew on it some more um that's that's the simple approach to it and that served me well for this whole journey yeah and then sharing your faith like probably one of them well if you take care of the first two <laughs> it's going to overflow third, that third part it is going to be an overflow right. and that's what we've We've called it, we use the landscape fountain as an illustration a lot of how you are that top bowl, you know, in right. the landscape fountain. And if you're not drinking deeply, then it ain't going to overflow mm. to the other people around you. And so spending time with God, spending time uh, in his word, and then meditating on it, uh, you're going to naturally overflow, aren't you? Right, right. It's going to come up, you know, what, uh, what uh, the mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. Mm-hmm. And so it's impossible for Jesus not if He fills your heart regular in a regular basis, then it, He's going to come up in conversation. Yeah, that's good. Well, that's really good. Well, you you actually um, wrote a book too, right? Our spiritual battlefield. Yeah, it's it's it's. I, I wouldn't really say that it's the <laughs> bestseller, you know. But well, it's, it was uh, important enough for you to take time to write it. So, yeah. It w- so so is it just talking about our our hearts? No, it's it's a spiritual warfare. You know, a lot of what we dealt with when we were in evangelism, traveling. You you know, we've talked about it earlier. Some of the biggest problems are drawn to you like a magnet because you're going to be gone next week. And so we encountered a lot of stuff through that that, mm-hmm. that we kind of got a crash course in spiritual warfare, and so. I, I tried to write as much of that down more for my kids than anything else Yeah, um, that I wanted them to know that season of life. And so captured as much as I could a guy named Sam Cathy. I don't know if you ever heard that name. I know Sam Cathy. Yeah. Papa Sam uh, 
really influenced me in some of those things and, and helped me understand what was happening. And so he, um, yeah, a lot of it's just digested Sam Cathy, yeah. you know, but it's been helpful to our church. We've, we our people love the book and, um, it's out there on Amazon if people would like to check it out. That is called our spiritual battlefield. You know, I, I believe that we all, you, Brad, me, Jeremy, whoever, we all as followers of Jesus have have a primary message that is our message. You know, it's kind of like the, we have a purpose in being here. Every one of us, God leaves us here. And like for me, the the primary message, it really encompasses two, two verses, Matthew 6, 33, uh, seek him first and then follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. You know, those, those two things have encapsulated my life. If I go somewhere and I'm going to speak one time, you're going to hear those two thrusts come out of the message. Would you say that that is yours or what would you say is your life like mission, your, your, your main message? You think that if you can only share one thing with a group, what are you going to share with that's, them? That's a great question. And I wish I had a pat answer for it, honestly. Um, I think that's the unique thing about what I do is I don't know that I ever share the same message twice. Yeah. Um, abundant life would probably, we call our ministry maximum life. Mm -hmm. And for that reason, that, that what we're typically walking in as believers is far less than what God, not, and I don't mean that in the prosperity gospel sense, but I'm talking about in the fullness of what, you know, he wants you to leave, uh, leave deep, deep prints in the sand. He wants your life to count, and it can. Uh, and there's there's keys to that in Scripture. Success leaves clues, and you can you can pick those up and and you know live in such a way. And I think you're a great example of this, Doug. That one day, um, you know, it's like we we're talking about with Dr. Moeller. There'll be a statue of that guy one day, you know. Uh, so it, not everybody's going to have that, but I think we should live, you know, to count. For our life well, to for impact, right? Where our lives should have an impact, right? They really should. As as a believer, you are here with a purpose, and exactly. so when we come back, I, I, we we can d- <clears throat> drill down a little bit more with that because I I think there's people out there listening who might need that encouragement mm-hmm. because the enemy wants to come in and say, you know what, you don't really matter, and we everyone does. And I'll Absolutely. tell you about a friend of mine named Roy who comes to. SWAT, 94 years old, just came to Christ in the last few years, and I'll tell you what he said when we come back. So if you're listening, stay tuned. Talking to Zach Terry, the pastor or senior pastor out at uh, First Baptist Fernandina, and Brad and I are in the studio. We'll be right back after the news break on the half hour. Stay tuned to SWAT Radio. SRN News. I'm John Scott. More Americans filing jobless benefits last week. Bob Agnew reports. The Labor Department says applications for unemployment benefits rose to 214,000 for the week ending January 20th. That was an increase of 25,000 from the previous week. Overall, 1.83 million Americans were collecting jobless benefits during the week that ended January 13th. That's an increase of 27,000 from the previous week. 
Weekly unemployment claims are viewed as representative for the number of U.S. layoffs in a given week. Bob Agner reporting. Also at SRNews.com, former President Donald Trump's lawyers have begun their defense in a New York courtroom. After attorneys for advice columnist E. Jean Carroll finished presenting their case. Carroll is seeking over $10 million in defamation damages for his comments after she accused him of sexual assault. In health news, right around the peak of the cold and flu season, the maker of Robitussin, cough syrup, recalling some of its products due to contamination. The lots being recalled by manufacturer Halion contain potentially contaminated honey, which can be very dangerous, even life-threatening, for people with weakened immune systems. Eight lots of Robitussin Honey CF Max day and nighttime adult are covered under the recall. Expiration dates range from October 2025 to June of 2026. Halion did not disclose the nature of the contamination, but said use of the products could result in serious fungal infections for those with compromised immune systems. I'm Jackie Quinn. But Wall Street stocks are higher following signals the economy is growing much more than economists expected. The Dow had 56 points, and the Nasdaq is up a dozen. This is SRN News. You know, it's true. Difficult times have a way of focusing us. We have to think about what matters most when it comes to our spending, our health care. This is why so many people are joining MediShare right now. MediShare is a trusted way to save up to 50% on your monthly health care costs, More than 400,000 people have already made the switch. It's pretty obvious why, too, especially now during this challenging season with healthcare costs and out-of-pocket expenses going up. MediShare can save you a lot of money. The typical family saves $500 a month. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. There are different options to choose from to fit your budget. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Maybe now is the perfect time to make the switch and start saving. Here you go. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. There's some delays because of a crash on I-95 southbound at the south end of the Trout River Bridge. Also, there's a broken-down vehicle on the West Beltway, 295 southbound near Old St. Augustine Road. And there's a disabled vehicle on the East Beltway, 295 northbound at the ramp to Pulaski Road. Mostly cloudy tonight, low 63. Friday, partly sunny, high 80. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm AJ. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. Thank you for that smooth transition that, that time. Yeah. I didn't get caught. I was like looking for the light that Nothing time. Nothing like a little need to breathe oh, to come no, in. No, uh, that, the that, good stuff. Yeah, that's anyway, that's good. So um, glad to have Zach Terry in the uh, studio today from uh, First Baptist Fernandina. And uh, we were just talking, and right before we left, we were talking about impact. And I was sharing 
uh, about my buddy Roy. Roy is a member of our SWAT Bible study out at the beach, has been for, man, he, he's there faithfully unless he's sick <laughs> and uh, he's struggling. So if you can think about it, say a prayer for Roy right now. Um, uh, he's 94 and um, came to Christ a few years ago. And we were talking not too long ago with some guys and and I was saying, you know, we sh- you know we should be okay with not hanging on to here, you know, ready to go uh, be with Jesus. And he said, I want to hang on a little longer because I want to tell more people mm. I'm having too much fun. And he's become uh, very evangelistic these last wow. few years of his life, and and he's having an impact. And really, that's what we were designed for to have an impact we there is no insignificant uh, followers of jesus they say i i don't know who this was original with but he, they said that um you know your mark of success is not how you compare to somebody else but it's the difference between you and your potential mm-hmm. and closing that gap I think that gap would shock us if we knew what it was. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. if we knew what we could accomplish for the Lord with his help, I think it would absolutely blow our minds. Yeah. And so that's kind of the, the, the life message, I guess, that I'm trying to, to communicate through our radio ministry is that it live to the maximum, go all in and leave deep prints in the sand as you go and you know know, one of the things um zach that has i i believe has happened over the last few years since covid really is um is a a real a a real slipping into this well what i do doesn't really matter whether it's covid or elections politics whatever there you know my vote doesn't matter my life doesn't matter I, I don't have a voice, and yet we all could. One conversation with somebody can be a life changer. Totally, totally. and we don't realize that that you literally. I, 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 one of the guys we do SWAT Zoom on Thursday nights. I was over in Kazakhstan back in the nineties, and I'm out at a quote american grill and bar there that's where we ate we were doing a billy graham style thing over there and i had a group of people at kind of what you and your wife was doing on the road that's what we were doing over there and we just were eating we had done our meeting and we were there and you know as well as i do once you do a meeting what do you do you take your hat off and you kind of relax a mm-hmm. little bit right but there was a guy in the back room playing pool who was an american which was very rare over where we were and so I made conversation with him. We had a conversation. Two days later, we're on an airplane together. No coincidence, God's right. providence. So we talked for four hours. And God used that to bring him closer and then eventually into the kingdom. There were other circumstances, but it started with a conversation. And and that is very significant for him because now he has been growing in the Lord. He wants his kids to grow in the Lord. He didn't even have kids at the time, but now he does. And and so everyone out there who's listening, who's hearing this right now, your life can have an impact. Don't believe the lie that you don't matter. And it's uh, never too late. 
That's you know, right. if you're 90, 93, 94 <laughs> yeah, years old, yeah. it's never too late. Yeah. And if you've blown it, it's never too late. Yes, right. You, there's mm-hmm. always, you know, there's the grace of God that loves to restore the years that the locusts have eaten. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, I think he gets a kick out of that. Mm-hmm. I really do. He's got kind of a flair for the dramatic <laughs> and these stories of people that think it's too late or it's mm-hmm. they've done something too horrible. I really think he takes a lot of pleasure in proving that wrong. Yeah, I I, I agree. Well, listen, uh, I, I want to talk um, a little bit about Israel. And you were over there when October 7th happened. You were just like, I, I lead groups over there. You're just over there on a group you like you've led so many times before. When was your first indication that something was different? So we were, we were on the Sea of Galilee. We had just done the tour, the boat ride. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so we got to where the museum where the Jesus boat is at, if you're familiar yeah. with that. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. you know, I could close my eyes and go on these tours. Now, I know. You know, <laughs> I know you know where every, you know mm-hmm. where it all is, right? And so we were just, we just got off the boat. We were about to go in the museum and I saw the tour guide talking to somebody and then he started leading us back to the bus. And so I, I went to him and I said, Hey man, we're not going to do the tour. And he said, no, no brother. He said, um, something's happened. And I said, what's up? He pulled me over to the side, took his cell phone, and he showed me uh, some of the early videos before it really had hit. And so he said, I got this from a friend. Um, We've been invaded in Gaza. And started telling me, you know, there's a lot we don't know, but it's bad. So, you know, we, we came together. We made the decision to tell the group. So that you know, because when it, when America wakes up, they're going to start getting taxed. Now were you now were you leading this group, or were you with yeah. somebody else? No, you, I was leading. You were leading. So here you are. You've got the leader. Tell me the first thought that went through your head when this, you said, "This can't be happening." Maybe. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> yes, that would like. Yeah. Oh no! Well, well you because you got responsibility as a leader of all those people who were there on a tour of Israel, and then you think, well, it'll be over quick, you know, and it wasn't. You know that by three days into it, you know we're we're um, we're hearing automatic weapons outside of our hotel. Now, did, now were you still in Galilee, or did you go to Jerusalem? We went on to Jerusalem, okay, because that's the way our our hotel. And you couldn't get a flight out; the the airline shut down. And you know we realized we're going to have to get out of here, but we really didn't have a strategy to do that. And so we started calling in favors. We have a congressman in our church, Aaron Bean. Um, he, he was burning up the phones, helping us. Uh, we had, um, we had a, we had a Georgia congressman on the trip. So he got governor Kemp's office. They were very helpful. Um, everybody we knew, we pulled all the strings we could, you know, trying to figure out how do we get out of Israel? What hotel were you at in Jerusalem? Were you at the Ramada? It was one, the, no, it was one that the tour company owns, yeah. um, there. They had, did you feel safe one. there? We did. We did. Um, you know, you would we would we would be traveling, and the bus would stop. And I remember we were stopped at one point, and we saw these ladies get out and cover their heads. <laughs> and one of our one of our people said, "Oh, they're praying." And the tour guide said, "No, they're ducking for cover. There's a bomb threat. <laughs> oh my god, right here, right now. Oh my god." And so you could have heard a pin drop. Um, you know, the Iron Dome did its thing, and 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 one got through, but it got through in a field. Um, it's a fascinating. So, so, so it was. Works. So it was. I mean, this 
This stuff's going on real time. Yeah. You, and, and nobody prepares for that. You can't really because you can't live in fear. And they've been fighting over there for years. I tell everybody that I lead, hey, they've been fighting over there for thousands of years. So it is a reality. It is. You know, and, and so you're there. You're trying to lead this group, trying to get out. Were there other Americans there in in the hotel with you, or? Uh, yeah, there were there were groups there. It it's not a super large hotel. We maybe had three or four more other groups there with us, um, but we had we had around I think fifty four total on the in our group, and just you know figuring out logistically how to navigate that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a it, it was some it was some hard math there to figure out. Yeah, because you had to all get to Jordan, right? That well, was the only way to get out of and, there. And then we, we would have opportunities that we could get like six out. You know, we could get six on a plane. Um, and so, how do you prioritize that? So <laughs> yeah. we said, well, let's do like mothers of young children. We try to put first, mm-hmm. and and then you know our, our seniors, um, and then kind of work through. And we had a conversation with our tour company. That was amazing. Uh, signature tours were, they, they, they moved mountains with the Lord's help. But uh, we were talking to those guys and they said, they said, I can get you and your wife and one other couple out today. And I told Tony, the the owner, I said, Tony, I can't do that. I can't leave until everybody else oh, is you, out. You can't. Well, you no. just can't do and, that. And he said, he said, that's what I wanted to hear. We'll take care of everything. And they got us into Jordan. They, they paid the bill on everything. Wow. They paid the flight home. I'm talking tens of thousands of dollars. Hmm. Um, amazing organization to work with. Yeah. And so thank God for friends yeah. those yeah. times. That's amazing. <clears throat> I was just, Zach, I, was pull, I just pulled up my phone, and uh, there's a trail of our text messaging mm. starting on October 7th. Mm. In fact, we had had dinner with a couple from your church uh, that night. Right. And, uh, anyway, it was, it was, uh, gosh, I'm, I'm just, it's kind of flashback. I'm now yeah. going back through these text messages and, uh, you know, praying, you were talking about Hezbollah, hopefully, hopefully you pray that Hezbollah doesn't, you know, get involved and all that stuff. And you think about with you, I was thinking this will be over in just a few days, right. you know, here yeah, we are still, still battling it. it. There was that, there was that part of you that, you know, as a guy, that thinks probably foolishly, but I'm getting to see history. And so that was really exciting (laughs) in a strange way. Well, no, you know, it's understandable, but it's almost like guys in the military, they train and train and train. And, and if they become part of an event, there's an element of that historical nature that's there that, but nobody wants to do it. But once you're in it, you're like, this is kind of weird. You know, I'm in yeah, the middle of it. And, you know, when it was all said and done and we all got back safe, everybody on the trip said that was the the best trip of our life. We'll never <laughs> forget it. Yeah. We grew more from it. Yeah. Uh, there were no bad attitudes. Everybody just, you know, the Lord had things for us in that trip that were really important. Yeah, well, you sent. I remember seeing the video you sent back. I think you you were on the bus. So uh, that one, the first one we did, we just knew when our families woke up, they're going to see this on television. <laughs> and you know? Yeah. So we just wanted them to know we were okay. What we didn't know is that that would go viral, 
Oh yeah. You know, and so we get back to the hotel and, and we've got all of these news outlets that are wanting interviews. And then we had to make the decision, should we do that or not? And, and my theory with it was the more eyeballs we can get on our situation here, the more leverage we'll have with airlines mm-hmm. and with everybody, the more yeah. that our government will get, get behind us and help us get out. And it, and it, it worked. Uh, we, we would always post after we had left a place. So, you know, it wasn't any danger to anybody on the bus, but, um, but it, it, it seemed to, to help the more people that were seeing it and praying for us, the more doors it would open. Okay. So now you're back and you've had months to think about leading over there. You've, you've led many trips before that, right? Right. Um, what would you do differently now? going over with your group based upon what you learned from that experience? You know, that's a great question, Doug. Um, probably, um, very little to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Um, we, we had, I think who you go with making sure that they know what they're doing. They have, um, connections and the ability if something comes up to, to get you to safety is very important. Uh, we had a tour guide, um, that, you know, he left his wife and kids to take care of our group that um, he and I will be friends forever. Well, that that is, you know, I, I want to talk about that. I've used the same tour guide since 2014 every year. Same. And that relationship that you form with that, I mean, he's yeah. come over here. He stayed in my home right. many times. He treats me more like a brother than he does a tour group. Like when I'm there. We have a, we do have a strong bond and in the people in my group feel a great affection yeah. for him every time because yeah. he's, he feels it, he shares it. And I'm sure you get that with your guy too. We right? do. And, and so you have, his name was Fote. He's a Christian. Uh, he's a brother. Um, our bus driver was Palestinian. Uh-huh. As you know, that's pretty typical, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um, Rasha was, was our Palestinian bus driver. And, and, you know, what gets played up in the media is all of the conflict and obviously there's conflict, but real life, those kids, uh, those guys, kids grow up together and they do life together and they make it work. You know, um, even though they, they have some different views on some things, Mm -hmm. they, and there's, there's thousands of those stories in Israel. You know, we, we think everybody's um, is cutthroat over there. It's not. Mm-hmm. And Palestinians and Jews have to work together and live together and grow up together. Well, and there's a lot of Palestinian Christians, which is an even exactly. greater minority. People don't realize that, like in Bethlehem right. and, and um, the West Bank area, there are a lot of Palestinian Christians who were more marginalized than the Palestinians for some reason, you know, they, so, uh, but, but that is a strong bond. You have to have good trust. And I'm sure you like me get asked a lot of times, is it safe? Or I don't want to go because I'm worried about something. I would go over there tomorrow. I really don't mind going because if my guide tells me we're good, I trust him. Yeah. There, there, you know, one, you've got to, you've got to remember that your tour company, your guides, this is their bread and butter. They're the worst thing that could happen if something happens to you. But also Israel loves you if you're an American. <laughs> yeah, they do. And they, they I do. mean, I, I really believe that they would have done anything to keep me out of harm's way. I believe that as well. And, and, and 
And that plays a, that's what I try to explain to people. One, tourism is their biggest industry, but even beyond that, there is a genuine affection for the people that come over there and do what we do. There is. You, you sense it when you're over there and, I, I feel safer there than I do here. I really do. Even in light of what happened in October, I still feel safer driving around Galilee, driving around Jerusalem. It's like any place. I tell them, I can take you to parts of Jacksonville right now. Right. <laughs> that, that, that if you go down there, you're going to be in more danger than you would ever be over in Israel. Yeah, you know? the, the strange thing about it, when we, when we left, especially when we went over into Jordan, Generally, they're used to different faiths, different religions, and it's not a big deal to them. Um, if anything's changed, it has become a big deal. Mm-hmm. So people would wear like a cross or a Christian T-shirt or pray before a meal. And the longer we were there, the more people that would come up and engage with them. What, who, are you, who are you praying to? Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think about this? Yeah, And it would end up, I never could tell if it was violent. <laughs> But because Middle East you know, people from that culture, they get louder when they're talking. They get very passionate. Yeah, and they're not mad, but they're loud. And so I never, I never thought it got violent, but it frightened our people sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, we would see those kind of things happening, and, and passions got high uh, toward the end of it. So when we got home, we were thankful. You were glad. We, we, we landed in New York, and— they were asking, you know, are you are you able to breathe? I said, I'll breathe when I get to Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. You know, that's home. I'm not going to relax yet. Well, you know? I, I wouldn't relax in New York either, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, one of the things that uh, has always struck me about their culture over there is, uh, and the Middle Eastern culture, Eastern culture in general, is they can have strong disagreements but still be civil. They can exactly. still be get along. We've lost that ability in this country, really, haven't we? Yeah, and and there's so much. Uh, it, it is a multi-layered, multifaceted problem that they have over there, and 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 we have a ten- tendency to oversimplify things here in the states, and take extremely hard stances on things politically. Um, that you know, I, when I came back home, I immediately started thinking about. We have a, a large um, Arab community here in Jacksonville, mm-hmm. and just I did not want to see things get violent here, mm-hmm. you know, and I didn't want to create any kind of animosity that was unnecessary here. Mm-hmm. And so I've really tried to stress the fact, like we've got brothers who are Palestinian over there. Mm-hmm. I really tried to stress the fact that, um, you know, uh, we, we don't we don't preach Netanyahu. We preach Jesus. Yep. And 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 I can't tell you that everything that Israel's done has been right in this in this whole scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I do think they had every right to defend themselves and to end this. Yes. Um, you know, so I've I've really tried to remember that throughout it. And you know, when we got there, everybody was griping about Bibi. Uh huh. Everybody. Mm-hmm. When it first happened, the Jews were saying. Uh, BB, are you happy? <laughs> yeah. Because they they saw it as his fault. Um, and by the end of it, they were all on one page, and it was fascinating how quickly they pulled together. Mm-hmm. But it, you know, they have issues. We have issues. Uh, there's there's only one king that can settle all of it, and that's the one we're waiting on. 
Well, I uh, I appreciate that so much. And, you know, I, I, listening to you talk even there, I'm kind of reminded, I know that you've been asked this, and that's why I feel comfortable asking it without, you know, I told you I don't do a whole lot of pre-planning with people because uh, I, I kind of want to hear your response from the heart is, you know, uh, uh, there's a lot of talk of Christian nationalism in America. And uh, being a prior military guy, prior law enforcement guy, I feel a, a great sense of patriotism. It doesn't supersede my loyalty to Jesus, but I have a great sense of gratitude for what this mm. country's done for me. And I served it and, it, and, and um, I, I, I've benefited from it greatly. And I know you were asked this at one point uh, in the past because uh, I read it. Uh, what, what do you say to that? Uh, like with people complaining about Christians, like I read on somebody the other day said, why are all these Christians supporting Trump? They're just Christian nationalists. Immediately you get lumped into a bucket. Of, what is a Christian nationalist? If you find a good definition, share it with me. Um, I my, have you my heard thing, that a lot? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's you know a go to kind of thing when when I seem like when I get interviewed. But um, yeah, you know every law of our land is a moral law. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's morality imposed. If you say I can drive sixty five and no faster, there's a moral ethical reason for that because you think it'll be safer for the community. And so every law is influenced to some degree by some system of morality and we don't have that many to pick from (laughs) that's right you know so i would if i had to pick which what's going to influence our nation the most i would i would choose scripture because i believe it to be true well and in fact it did and our founding fathers they were they were influenced by scripture if you go back even even things like giving a tax break to churches comes out of scripture. Totally, totally. You know? So yeah, you know, I I I want our you know people in the halls of power to be influenced by the gospel and by uh, scripture, and call it what you will. That's just you know all things being equal. I would rather Jesus have influence. You know, He taught us to pray, "Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven." Mm-hmm. And if we're going to pray that then we have to live like we want God to answer it. And we have to understand what that answer looks like to some degree. So like I would say, uh, when it comes to things like abortion, mm-hmm. there's no abortions in heaven, you know? No. Um, I mean, that sounds trite, but, it, but you know, people aren't being killed in heaven. No. And I want that to be happening on earth. So if I can get rid of abortion, you know, by the influence of a, a Christian politician or whatever it is, um, that's that's a good thing. It's His will being done on earth, just like it's being done in heaven. Yeah, that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Oh, that 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 really that you know, I was talking with a, a good friend of mine, Perry Bowers, the other day about accountability, and he said accountability is just asking the questions uh, to somebody about what we're going to be doing in heaven. Yeah. on earth. That's all that is. Well, you know? and Doug, you're you're a discipleship guy. Yeah, that's your passion. What, what the Great Commission was, was to make and equip disciples of Christ, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I commanded you. Oh, I hate that word all, don't you? It's, and, but it's, you know, it's, it's everything, right? And, and think about, but who does that, what is the scope of that? That includes the mayor of Jacksonville, 
that she's to be taught to obey Christ. Mm-hmm. It includes our congressmen, our senators, our president. It's that they don't get a pass. So, and we are a voice as yeah. believers to those people. Right. Right. I right. Mean, and so, if we have the opportunity, as we have the opportunity, we should teach them to obey Jesus. He's the King, and one day he's going to set up his throne in a very literal sense. And until that time, we should do everything we can to further that his administration of his kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that's so simple. Yeah. And it's nothing to, 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 to label or to, to say these are bad guys, but um, it's a simple thing. Jesus is king he and, is. and he's my king. And, I, and, and, and if you see me not honoring his kingship, you have every responsibility to point that out to me and help me. Yeah, and and the thing is, he's everybody's king. They may not live like he is, but according to Scripture, (laughs) one day every knee is going to bow and every tongue will confess he is the master. Amen. And so, uh, well, hey, our time has come to an end, Zach. Man, I want to get you back on for 